Praise the Lord. This is Brad Julius again. We are going through the second Corinthians. And we are now in chapter 3. In the chapter 3, in the chapter 1 and 2, Apostle Paul was talking briefly about some of the things he has wrote today in chapter 1 in the book in First Corinthians. Now he's talking about his ministry. He's ministering to them the spirit rather than the letter of the word. We are in chapter 3, verse 8. He says, How shall not the ministration of the spirit be rather glorious? Verse 9 says, For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more does the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. Talking, reminding them of the glory that shone in the face of Moses when he brought the Ten Commandments tablet to, to the Hebrews, to the Israelites. His face was glowing. That was a glory that was self-ministration of that was said to be glory. It says glorious face of Moses was for, for supporting that. This is from God. The tablets of so he said, but that Ten Commandments was the administration of death because it was like if you can't do this, you are, you'll be destroyed. Also, he said that's the administration of death. They said, said the, what Christ has brought is administration of life because if you accept Christ, you'll be a new life is given to you. You'll be a new creature. So that one you have more glory. Verse ten. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excelled. The glory of Christ is not just in his face, it was the whole body that was glowing and that's how he brought life to us. That it's going to be a new glorious life that we are also going to glow like that as we follow him. Verse 11. For if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remained is glorious. What is done away? The law of Moses is done away. It was glorious when it was in, in what was revealed to them, it was brought to them, it was glorious, Moses' face shone, but it was being done away because it was old. The new one is also going to be glorious, but not just also, it will be much more glorious because this is life. Pastor says, seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech. And not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look at the hand of that which is abolished, but their minds were blinded. For until this day remained the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament. Which veil is done away in Christ. He said the glory that was in on the face of Moses was going away and he put the veil upon his face. Because of that veil, they couldn't even know when the glory finally faded away. That's why he meant by they could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. Because when he came down, they couldn't look at it. So he covered himself with a veil. But gradually the thing faded away. So they didn't even know when it faded away, but he finally took the veil off because it was no more on his face. Also, that's why he was saying that they could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. It's similar to that God is also abolishing the covenant of law, the law of Moses. But their minds were blinded for until this day remained the same veil taken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their hearts. Nevertheless, when they shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. That is, the veil upon the heart because they couldn't understand the plan of God. That's the veil that was upon the heart of the Jews. They couldn't understand the plan of God. But when you come to Christ, the plan of God is revealed plainly. Because God gives you intelligence from the Holy Ghost that makes you to understand what we are telling you right now. The plan of God for mankind, the plan of God for this planet Earth, the plan of God to redeem mankind unto himself, to bring God to a new kingdom. It is only in the new logic that that is revealed. The Jews that followed the Old Testament, followed Moses, they didn't understand what was the plan. Really thought it was Israel. And they kept holding out to Israel until Christ came. They said, no, this man is not for Israel. 
Basically, in Christ now you know the plan of God. The plan of God is not just for Israel, it's for the human race. And he's saving us through the Lord Jesus Christ. And he brought Israel into so that he has the stepping stone from when from whence he is to come as Messiah. See, verse 16, nevertheless, when he shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that spirit, the Lord himself is that spirit. We and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So the Lord is the spirit that is revealing this door of verse 18. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even by this as by the Spirit of the Lord. So what we are saying, what Apostle Paul is saying here, the glory that was in Moses was fading away, and the glory uh, that the Lord Christ brought is eternal glory for the whole body. That the Lord Christ manifested glory, and the glory is permanent. He appeared before the other in that ball of light, permanent. And we are to change to that same image of Christ as we follow him by doing what? With open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. We are to keep looking at him through the word of God. And as we look at him, we are changing inside. And that is changing us from the outside also. And that we are going to change from glory unto glory. Not one time short. It's gradually changing us by revealing himself to us. By changing us from within, within inside our, our spirit. And our soul is being renewed by the washing of water by the word, and it will finally engulf us into glowing like Christ. But this from glory unto glory. That's what that verse 18 is saying. We all, everyone, that's why he said we are all to be looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Keep your eyes on him. We are with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of God, as shamed to that same image from glory unto glory. As by the Spirit of the Lord, the, the Spirit of God, you know, that's why he gave everybody the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God in us is the one changing us as we keep looking unto Jesus, the author and the future of our faith, and looking at this word and following and uh, exercising our senses, our our, our serving this word of God as how he said he that hear it and do it them. That is how we are exercising our senses and our, our serving the word. And that is what is changing us from glory unto glory until we come to the image of God, until we come to the fullness of the stature of Christ. Let's go to chapter 4. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves into every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, See what he is preaching. If you, if some people don't want to accept it, or they think is this a eating, it says it's plain. We are telling you about Christ and what he has come to do, and he's inviting you to come on to him so that you can partake of what he's bringing to mankind. If that is not clear to you, you don't want to accept it, maybe you are lost. And like I was saying in that place, I said sometimes you don't need to beat your head on the wall just because some people refuse to accept Christ. Maybe they were doomed for hell because the Bible said, as many as he has foredeemed, he predestinated them to be conformed to the image. And those whom he predestinated, he is calling. God is calling them. Maybe this fellow is not called, so why waste your time arguing with them? Just tell them the truth and leave them alone. But those whom he is calling is justifying. Those whom he justifying is glorifying. So that's very important that we. That's why Apostle said, if our gospel is hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Verse 4, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. 
So in, in a way, some something has blinded their mind and their eyes, and that's the devil. And if they belong to Satan, their mind is permanently blinded, they will never receive the gospel. Because Christ said, I know my sheep, which means there are some people that are not his sheep. That should give us time warning to be sober. That if you are called to be a believer, be grateful to God. Because I didn't know why I was able to believe it. I just thank God that I am able to believe this thing. And He revealed more and more to me. Those who refuse to believe it and will not believe it and say there is no God and they think they are from monkey because they believe in evolution and you couldn't convince them, maybe they are not called. Maybe they are actually the seed of Satan. Just because I said that the enemy that put these people in the world is Satan. Go and read the, the, the parable of our Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew. I think about chapter 13 there. He gave a parable that said he himself is the one that put the seed, the good seed on the earth and the devil put the tears. And who are these tears? He said they are the children of the wicked one. I mean, they are human beings, but they are from the wicked one. They are not from him. And yet they are human beings. That was what happened in the Garden of Eden. The seed of serpent, we call them. That is, Satan introduced something where the serpent begat a son called Cain. And from there, wickedness came into the world. And the Bible says Cain was the son of that, he was the seed of that wicked world, the seed of serpent. Serpent is representing Satan. That means Satan is what I introduced it into the world, and that's why there are human beings that we never believe. So may even be religious, like the Pharisees that followed, that, that crucified the Lord Jesus Christ. They may even be as religious as that. Claiming they are following the same God, but they want to kill those who are preaching this about God because they couldn't see eye to eye with them. And the same thing, look at all these Islamic jihadists. They think they are fighting for the, the, their, their Allah. And they think God is Allah. And they are ready to kick, cut the head off of anyone that disagrees with them. Not so. But that God is love. Allah is not God. Then. If Allah is true, then that, that, was not, that was not the God of, of the truth. That said, he said, they have not known my father nor me. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ said. They will because they did not know my father nor me. So that is really what the scripture is saying here. When Apostle Paul said, if our gospel is it is to them that are lost, the God of this world, Satan has blinded their minds. In verse 4, lest the light of the gospel, gospel, glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Verse 5 says, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. God is shining in our heart to preach this thing. Verse 7. But we have this treasure in our thin vessels. We are just clay, just like you that are listening to me. And God put these things, this treasure, the word of God, the power of the Holy Ghost, He put it in these clay pots that confound Satan himself with his spirit. That the excellency of the power may be of God, not of us. That is, we can boast of these things. It's the Holy Ghost in us that's walking this walk. So we are grateful. But God is the one to be praised. That's why the excellency of the power is of God. Verse 8. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are cast down, but not destroyed. That's Apostle Paul's testimony all he went through. He said, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. That's how he presented it to himself, that he was carrying the suffering of Christ in, in his own body when he also suffered. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then he said, death walketh in us, but life in you. 
He was talking about D.E. being a preacher and an apostle, that many things were against him, persecution and so on. He said, that's what he means by death walking, you know, because they wanted to kill him. Everywhere he went, the Jews were waiting for him to, to kill him. He has to run to another, another direction. But as he said, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus, and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundance of grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outlay, our outward man perish, Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. So it's encouraging us to remember that no matter what is going on in the physical world, our spiritual body, our spirit inside us is renewed day by day. So the earthly body may perish, grow old, or throw in the grave, but the spirit inside you is renewed. You are younger in the spirit, the spirit inside you. Day by day you are making renewed. That's why when you are feeding the word of God. Verse 17. So for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, Worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Now take note of that Bible verse. What is the light affliction we're talking about? That is all the persecution that Apostle Paul was going through. He says it's a light, very light. Compared to the glory that is to be revealed in us in the end. Because we are going to glow like our logical glow in the end. God is giving us, bringing immortal body to us that we be immortal and never die. Whether they are dead right now, they go to be resurrected to get that immortal body. Or we that are allowed that remain in that time will be translated, changed to an immortal body. That's a glory. He said that whatever we are suffering now, right now is light. It's what he said, our light affliction, which is based, but for a moment, just temporary. It's going to be how long can you live on this earth? 100 years. That's a light time. That's a short time compared to the eternal glory we are going to live forever in that light. He said that affliction is working something more better for us. Because that affliction is part of the process to get us into that glory. The Bible says that the Lord Jesus Christ suffered on the cross. That is part of the process that got him into the glory. The same way, whatever we are suffering right now for Christ is to get us to the glory God is going to get to give to us in the end. That's why he said this light affliction, which is temporary, is working a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. But it says, why we look not at the things which are seen. You are looking at the temporal things of our physical body. You don't look at that. But at the things which are not seen, what you don't see is much, much broader and bigger than what you can see. For the things which are seen are temporal. Whatever you are looking at right now is temporal. Someone say, well, this man is ugly. It's a temporary thing. When you shall get to the glory, it will be a beautiful thing. See, but the things which are not seen are eternal, and that is as we are not seeing right now. The glory we are talking about is forever, not for another hundred years, forever. We shall be glowing and able to appear and disappear when we appear, when we become fully redeemed, fullness of the Son of Christ. It is forever. That's why he says it's an eternal glory. So think about it and don't consider what you are going through right now or any suffering you are suffering for Christ. Make sure you're not suffering as a evil doer. Make sure you're not suffering as a modern. Make sure that you are not suffering for what you did wrong, but you are suffering because you are preaching the gospel or you are living right. People don't like you to, to live right around them because they are evil. Because the Bible said the righteous is an abomination to the wicked. If you are righteous, like, like a policeman, you don't want to take bribes. Those boys that are picking, taking bribes and sharing it, they will hate you. 
they want to get you out of there because they think you are going to report them and so on. But they are afraid, of course. But see, without even reporting them, they are hating you because you refuse to take bribe with them. And you know you can testify that they are taking bribe, no so. So that is one of the reasons why he said, don't worry about them. But don't look at the things that are temporary. Look at the eternal thing that is coming, that God is going to give to us, eternal glory that is coming. That's the one that is very important. Now we go to chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, that is our physical body is our earthly house. You know, if it is dissolved, people die and the body is dissolved. We have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this physical body we grow, honestly designed to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we will not be unclothed, we will not be we will be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. So he was talking about the physical body right now goes through pains, afflictions, and torments of people are persecuting you. He said that it makes us to grow in the physical body. But we are looking, we are waiting for another body God is going to give to this mortal body, either to clothe us when we transform in the translation, or those who died and their body dissolved, we give a new body when they resurrect, internal, eternal body. See, we are in this tabernacle, we do groan, being burning, but we are going to be clothed with, in, in, in the end. Mortality might be swallowed up in life. Verse 5. Now he that has wrought us for the self, same thing is God, who also has given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore, we are always, always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. That is, when we are in this physical body, it looks like we are absent from the Lord. God is in the spirit. So we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor that whether we are present or absent, we may be accepted of Him, of the Lord. So when we are in the physical, we say we are absent from the Lord. He said he wished that he was even in the presence in the Lord with the Lord and the Spirit to be absent from the body. So, but the Lord is on the other side, the Lord is also Lord on this side. So whether we are present here or absent, he said we are the Lord's, and the Lord is the Lord of all. Pastor said, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. Every believer now. We, are, we stand before Christ at the judgment seat of Christ as for believers. That is different from the white throne judgment at the end of all things. We are all the dead, good or bad, will be resurrected to stand before God. And we are, they are all going to be sent to the lake of fire that have not their names in the life's book, Lamb's book of life. But when individual person die in Christ right now, they go and stand before Christ right away. To be judged of what they do for Christ or not. That is the judgment seat of Christ. He will be, that's where he's going to give the reward. The reward is not when everybody gets there. It's when the individual person gets before him. That's when they will be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. They will get their reward right there when they die 
in Christ and they stand before him immediately, they will be given their reward. Because they are, they are clothed with the glorious garment right there, waiting for the final resurrection. Not, the, not that everybody will wait till the end when all the dead in Christ are so that's not when the reward is given. The reward is given to them once they die and they appear before the Lord right there, so everyone will stand before it at the judgment seat of Christ. That everyone may receive the things done in his body according that he has done. That's left said, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord will persuade men. So, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your conscience. For we commend not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory in our behalf, that ye may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance. And not in heart. Verse 13. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God, or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. Verse 14 is important. For the love of Christ constraineth us. The love of Christ. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. Now it's bringing out some good meat in this word of God I'm going to say in this next verses. Say the love of Christ was constraining us from not doing anything evil, anything wrong. Sometimes you feel like uh, doing some mean thing, but if you love for Christ, say you're already, you, it restrains you and don't do that because you are now a new, a new Christian in Christ Jesus and you are not permitted to do mean things to other people, no matter what they have done to you. In the love of Christ constraineth us. Say we judge that if one has died for all, all then we are all dead. He died for all of us, so we are all like to live as dead, dead to sin. Verse 15 says, And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him who died for them and rose again. So he died for us so that we can live for him. Verse 16 said, Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. He's talking about the fact that Christ is, is in the spirit right now. We don't need to be, we may not even see him in the physical, but we, we, we are, he's in the spirit, waiting, waiting for a leading up from the spirit. Verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. We have used this Bible verse many times when we are witnessing to people about the salvation. When you are born again, you become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Your spirit is renewed. Your body may not change. Your soul is still the same, but your spirit is renewed. It took an old heart out of there. The heart is the spirit. Putting a new heart, which is the spirit of a spirit in you that is recreated, where the Holy Ghost can live inside your spirit. And that spirit is the one that should be controlling our life, not our body, not our mind. And that's why he said you are now a new creature and now you are now to listen to listen now listen to that new spirit in you guiding your life through the Holy Ghost. Say so old things, old former ways of life are passed away, all things are now become new, new creature. If you used to love these things that is ungodly, once a new spirit is created, you don't love those things you don't like them. That is what many people experience when they are born again. Maybe they were formerly like this, they love this party going, party going. When the Lord Christ came into their heart, they don't like party going anymore. They prefer to love to be in Bible study or love to study the Bible themselves or go to a fellowship of Christians um, where people are praising the Lord. It's a change lifestyle, a change desire. That is what a new body again experience gives to us. And that is what is explaining that when any man is in Christ, 
old things are passed away, you are a new creature. Old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. But you see, we are in the same old body here. The new use will be like that before, but the sudden that you are no more behaving like that before, something has changed. Something changed inside you. You are now behaving like a holy people. Saints people. That's why I say we are called to be saints. Verse 18 says, And all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. God is reconciling us to himself and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. He also command, commanded us to preach to others, to bring them the truth that God is forgiving the whole world and is bringing you back to himself. It's called ministry of reconciliation, reconciling these people to God. Verse 19 says, To which that is, God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. That is the work of God that he has done, he started doing through Christ. Christ, God was in Christ, Christ, reconciling the whole world unto himself. Say, come unto me now, I've forgiven all your sins. That is the gospel, the good news is for us to tell the world, the unbelievers, that God has forgiven your sins. You have to just come and accept the forgiveness. Come back to the house of your father and accept the forgiveness. Think of if a, a, a king has a son that was mean and evil, and because he, the, the son did something bad, he ran away from home. You knew that the king was going to kill him if he, if he, when the king found out. Not so. He ran away from home like Moses ran away from Pharaoh when he killed an Egyptian. Now, the king that he was his father has forgiven him, and he just said, I reconcile back to my son and let his son come back. I've forgiven him. And the song is to be told that wherever he was hiding or he was running, he has run away from that country to another country. Come back home, your father has forgiven you. He has to believe it. <laughs> you know, so. If he doesn't believe it, keep running also. Whereas five years ago he has been he has been forgiven, he didn't know about it. But if he heard about it that your father has forgiven you, he's waiting for you now to come back home. If he does not come back home, he lost everything also. If he has an inheritance, he's lost it, he's losing it. But come back home, come and inherit what your father has already been for you. That's what is God is doing the same thing. God says, I'm forgiving you all individually, come back home to your father and you are already forgiven he will cleanse you and wash you and you now inherit what he has prepared for you from the foundation of the world so that is the good news we are to tell the unbelievers that your father god has forgiven you say but he just killed somebody yesterday father has forgiven all you have done if you just come back to him and let him change you cleanse you renew you from inside that is the good news he said that he has given to us the word of reconciliation you have to know that is what he told us to be teaching that he has forgiven the world, but come, anyone that does not accept it, does not believe it, does not believe it, will still be running also. Like I said, of the man that is running away from his father, from, his, from the king. But if you believe it, come back home. He has forgiven you, he wants you to come back home now and be, uh, and come and inherit what, he, what, you, what you own. And here is what the last part said. Now, then we are ambassadors for Christ. That is our preaching the gospel, we are like ambassadors for the kingdom that we are talking about. We are from another kingdom. Ambassadors are to represent this kingdom they come from and tell the country they are that this is our kingdom's philosophy. Also, so that we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. God is inviting you by us. See, so we pray you in Christ, they be ye reconciled to God. It's, we are inviting you that are listening, all you believers that are hearing the gospel, come back to God. It's what we are saying. He has already forgiven your sins. Just come and accept the forgiveness and he will cleanse you and change you, give you a new heart. That's why it's not automatically just 
giving so that people thought, hey, everybody go to heaven because God has forgiven you. Everybody can go to heaven if they will accept it. Those who don't accept it will not go there because they kept on like the man, they didn't believe that his father has forgiven him or is the king, his father has forgiven him, he kept running, he could keep running, he will not come and inherit his inheritance. God is calling you to come and, come and accept, come and get your inheritance. For he has made Christ him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. God has made Jesus Christ to carry all our bodies, our punishments, he put it upon Christ, all our sin put upon Christ, and he became sin and he was nailed to the cross, but he rose all again by saying, and say, you, you are not justified, come back to me and he will accept you and wash you clean and give you a new heart and you will now be a new creature in Christ Jesus. That is what God has done. He has forgiven you. He is asking you, believer, you unbeliever, to come now and become a believer. If you believe what we have just told you, pray and say, Lord, accept me. I accept you as, your Lord, as my Lord and Savior and he will accept you. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and thou shalt be saved. This is the end of chapter 5. We go to chapter 6 in the chapter. God bless you.